For a limited time, Robert Gardner Wellness is offering a free 30-day trial of his industry-leading subscription service, Reboot Insiders Club. That's right. Your first month is free of charge, and after that, it's only $7 per month to continue your subscription. Don't worry, you can cancel at any time, and if you cancel before the 30 days, you will not be charged. Inside, you'll learn massage and body techniques and how to thrive in business for only $7 per month. You get access to over 350-plus hours of online classes, including table and mat work and business and marketing. Membership to our Facebook group exclusively for subscribers. And additionally, you'll receive occasional bonuses. And in the past, we've given additional NCBTMB approved home study courses with CE credit. So don't wait. Get your free trial today. Head on over to R-G-W-E-L-L. N-E-S-S dot S-T-O-R-E. That's rgwellness.store. Can't wait for you to join our subscription service. I'm Robert Gardner, and we're here with Dijon with The Balanced Hand. Wanted to bring him on. Um, really impressed with what I've seen with Dijon's work, both on Instagram and on uh, video podcasts, some of the ways that he's using Facebook Live and video production online to drawing clients, kind of tell his story. But I'd like Dijon to introduce himself. And also, Dijon, if you can tell us a little bit about your practice and where you're located. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Dijon Culpepper. I am the Balanced Hand. Uh, my Instagram handle is the Balanced Hand Official. You can also type in I ain't hard to find because I'm not hard to find. Um, my practice is located in Vancouver, Washington. So I'm as far south as you can get in the state of Washington here in the Pacific Northwest without going into uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, the work that I do for the most part is really just based on human movement. My background started in the personal training world about 15 years ago and uh, finding that I wasn't able to do everything I wanted to for my clients. I started looking for the next thing that I thought fit well with personal training thought that I would become a personal trainer who did massage and I ended up becoming a massage therapist who still dabbled in personal training. <laughs> so, yeah, good, good. Um, as far as a, a client base, because even though I've done a little bit of research on you, it's nice to get to know you, you know, online, live talking with you. Um, do you primarily work on athletes? Like, do you have like a core practice? <clears throat> you know, in, I won't even say in an ideal world. I have a lot of clients who are athletes um, because I have a strong bodybuilding background and I'm very heavy in the bodybuilding community. And it's a it's a very tightly knit community. Uh, So I do end up working with a lot of bodybuilders, personal trainers and clients of personal trainers. But my ideal client is anyone who actually has a connection with their body and wants to be able to move better or do better versus just waking up and saying the pain is gone. Um, I do work with people for pain management, but it's not just athletes. It's anybody who wants to move better. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's a fairly distinct target market while at the same room, same time, like allowing room for uh, a little bit of diversity. It's like somebody who just started working out, somebody who's just like, I'm stiff, I work at a desk, I'm trying to you know, make sure I don't get stuck in that position to the people who are actually you know, bodybuilders. Right, right. You know, um, some years ago, a friend of mine um, 
while we were both moving out of the corporate world, said to me, you know, Dijon, you need to put together who your ideal client is. You need to draw up that picture. If you had that one person to work with, who would it be? And um, that's that's really where it came from, is knowing exactly what it was that I wanted to be able to give to people. And it it's a very big deal. When you're trying to work for yourself, you have to know who you want to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, so much of the business, I think, maybe that parallels to bodybuilding, personal training, working on the art. I think that you just have to continue to hone and tweak the business in various ways. And I also encourage people to be okay with changing, developing. Your, your target market can start here, and then you go, oh, and it changes over time, you know. Well, I think... A lot of people is another thing that I experienced because I do teach kinesiology at the local massage school. A lot of people who come into the business, um, when they do come in, they really do have their mind fixed that they're going to do this one thing. And that is what that's how they're going to utilize massage. And we change with exposure. So the more we're exposed to, the more people we're exposed to, and the more we learn, especially being massage therapists, having such, um, such a demand on us to continue our education, the more we learn, the more our vision starts to change. And you have to be open to that. And it, it's yeah. just like uh, it's just like having somebody on the table. Just because you have a particular game plan or choreography that you tend to go with doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen today. Ooh, improvisation. Man, I have a really hard time with that when I teach classes for massage therapists. Like, there's this constant struggle between sequence which is like scales and improvisation, which I tell them is jazz. Like they have to have some basic skills to be able to begin the improvisation process. So there's sometimes my students are confused in beginner classes where, you know, if somebody says I have shoulder pain, it's very challenging for me to explain to them the process where if I look at the shoulder joint, I'm thinking about all of the various muscles around the rotator cuff that move the shoulder joint. It's got this huge range of motion. And they're like, well, what do you work on? And I say, it depends on what they tell me. <laughs> right. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I've spent the last, I'll say the last year where, um, each new class that comes in through me, um, I'm telling them week by week for about 10 to 12 weeks, this stuff makes more sense when you're applying it. I, I get it. Like I'm trying to get you to understand everything that's coming off of the scapula. And you're like, I don't understand why this muscle is the one that does something different. It's like when you start putting your hands on people and you start getting things moving, it's going to make more sense. Believe me, believe me, believe me. And that's part of, uh, I believe it ties in with what you're saying, which is, you can you you kind of have to have that uh, that time under your hands, so to say, where you have done a certain thing enough that the improvisation is easy to make happen. But it's based on the understanding of what it is that you're doing initially. Yeah, I, I'm actually in an interesting spot because I think as an educator, I've I've been working in our industry for about 17 years. And I don't have a personal trainer's background. Um, I'm a yoga teacher, but I don't have a certain degree of specificity. Um, mm -hmm. I go to Google all the time and do additional research, even just musculoskeletal anatomy. Just go, wait, where did that muscle's origin insertion? Because it's been a while since I've looked at it. 
what I find is it's very challenging for me to convey to a student like what tool to use at what time. And the improvisation is just based off of this like Rolodex of information over 17 years. I very I became very good. My bread and butter is pain management. Okay. And I'm very good at helping people out of pain. I'm not always good at explaining exactly why that pain developed or why they're having a sort of musculoskeletal dysfunction in a certain muscle. The muscle's tight. You know, they've got a trigger point or whatever we want to call it. Um, right. I'm still, I'm sort of digging through the pain science community, looking for more information. And being a time massage teacher, that was a little bit controversial because a lot of time massage teachers are still holding on to more esoteric Asian theories about like energy lines. I, I am very familiar. I will say that more recently I've started being uh, more heavily introduced to the pain community. And, um, it's an inter- it's an interesting deal for me because it the introduction is mainly through certain Facebook groups and um, unless you are open to hearing someone say throw away throw away the the dogma um, right. it can be hard to swallow because some of the people who've been in the pain community for so long um, they're not very soft about telling you to throw that stuff away <laughs> so. You, you do have to be you do have to be open to to it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And what I would say about Facebook groups is Facebook groups are very tribal to me. Yes. And certain groups promote certain agendas. So a lot of the groups in the pain science community don't care about your feelings. Right. Right. <laughs> they just want to get rid of what they consider is not truth. And I honor I honor that while at the same time understanding I've literally just gone in and said, hey, you know, I have a question. Can you recommend reading materials? This is almost what the post sounded like. Diane Jacobs herself came in and said, were you born yesterday? (laughs) And I literally I think I responded. I'm like, no, I was not born yesterday. However, I went to public school in Louisiana. I don't know this stuff. If you can't recommend books that I can read to update my knowledge base, then we don't have anything to discuss. But it's also a matter of, you know, if someone saw you and I um, three podcasts from now and they, you know, you said something or I said something they didn't like, it's more likely I would say something they didn't like. Um, Don't make assumptions based off that little clip as opposed to listening to more and getting a more full perspective. Right. That's uh, that's very that's very true and very common in just in social media alone in in social media alone. Um, And it's such a social media is just such a power tool, a powerful tool. I want to step back, though, and just touch on what you were saying so far as uh, where you are and being a yoga teacher. And I see such a similarity in um, where I am coming from the personal training background, because one thing that I do see a lot with seeing uh, so many people coming into massage therapy, so many students coming through, one of the missing factors that I see with a lot of massage therapists is their personal practice when it comes to any type of fitness or movement-oriented um, uh, habits for themselves. And I'm always trying to encourage people. It's like, you have to have some base of movement that is challenging to your body because if someone is coming to you and this is the world that we're coming up in right now, people are becoming so much more fitness oriented and so much more health conscious where 
the the new massage therapist, if they are just holding on to the old values of just relaxation, they start limiting themselves so much when it comes to who is going to come see them and stay with them. Uh, because people are going to come to you with specific issues. And if someone, like you said earlier, someone just says, hey, my shoulder is bothering me and you're not taking the time to ask what's going on in their life that their shoulders involved in and your your hands just go straight to the shoulder. Yeah, your life, your life as a massage therapist is just not going to last. So uh, you having that yoga background, it just speaks volumes because yoga is such a it, it's all movement based. It's movement based. It's breathing based. It is it encompasses just about everything that we utilize in massage uh, knowledge wise when it comes to, you know, isometric and um, contractions. And, um, and you, you get where I'm going with that. Just the, uh, yeah. the, the body knowledge. So here's what happened for me. I had time massage and yoga. Okay. Uh, time massage was considered generally passive. Yoga was active. Okay. So I could use massage and have people work on me and feel better. And then I could work on myself and feel better. And slowly what happened over time, just through my own self-study, taking classes, working on my own body, those practices started to fuse into something that the Thai massage community said, well, this isn't Thai. And I'm like, man, I'm a white guy who grew up in South Louisiana. Like, I've never been to Thailand. I took the rudiments and kept changing it, you know, developing it. And it's like, what happened was the clients were like, man, this is amazing. Like, why why isn't this available everywhere? The practice, um, I'm very adamant about mat-based practice, not because I want to diminish what massage therapists are doing, I just think that biomechanically, in some ways, it's more effective and it's easier on our bodies. In addition, I was helping clients more rapidly. I kept getting clients who said, I don't understand. Why isn't this available everywhere? The challenge I have as an educator now is trying to get massage therapists to understand what I'm doing. And as somebody who's 17 years in the field, it's interesting. I feel like I'm going back to like tease out the scales, to set up my online curriculum so I can walk them through A, B, C, D. Right, right. I, I, I totally understand that. And it's the um, still being new on the education side of things um, when it comes to classroom settings. I understand how that works because I've been through several classes with the same subject material. It's each time I'm going through the material, I'm able to say, okay, this can kind of stay over there, and if it comes up, we'll touch on it. But these are the things that need to go from here to here to here. And also, specifically, being uh, teaching kinesiology, understanding the process of teaching the body on an intro level and then teaching it on a more base level and then getting deeper and deeper and going uh, piece by piece. So I do understand it from that, that perspective. Yeah, it's... All right, we'll take a quick commercial break. Hi, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer and videographer for Robert Gardner Wellness. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. It means a lot to Robert and I that you would take the time out of your day to hear what Robert and his guests have to say. May I ask you of a quick favor? If you have gotten any value out of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, and share the link on social media. Once again, thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode.
And as you were talking about uh, breaking things down, Dijon, um, how long have you been uh, working at the school there teaching the kinesiology? Uh, just about a year now. Oh, okay. So in the, um, the educational process, uh, because you're a therapist, um, I want to say you're a bodybuilder. Um, You'd be right. Also, yeah. Well, or weight, I don't know. What do you call it? Weightlifter? Bodybuilder? Well, no, I, 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 I am a professional bodybuilder, so I do compete. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. you're right in saying that. So, so th there are certain things that you just built into your body over time that are almost intrinsic. You almost don't even think about it anymore. Like, I, I have a tendency, I forget other people don't know what I know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know that? Because right. once, I've, once I know it, like, I, I forget have you had any challenges in education and trying to break things down for students that you've noticed? Uh, yeah, I have. And that, that kind of goes back to um, what I was saying so far as realizing that not everyone has some type of movement practice for themselves. So there are things that just make sense to me on a day-to-day -day level. Um, something as simple as getting out of a chair and what muscles you're activating to move out of that chair because I do play with uh, power lifting, so to say. So yeah. when you start playing with power lifting and you're, you're working with movement of the hips is the main thing that's pulling the main thing that is pulling, uh, we'll say five or 600 pounds off the ground. Sorry. I had a call try to come through. Um, mm. Then you are, when you're dealing with that and you start applying that to your normal life, it just becomes part of your normal life. You know, um, they talk about senior citizens uh, graduating to this point of getting out of chairs using their arms. So I do everything under the sun to keep from using my arms to get out of a chair. It's not just senior citizens who are doing that. So when I have a, you know, 23 or 24 year old student doing it, and then I see everyone across the board doing something and I say, hey, what muscles are activated when you do this? And they're like, uh, and we're talking about such simple things. So yeah. I, I do see that, um, on that on that scale because everything with me is movement. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I was brought to this school is because I have such a movement-based background, a strength movement-based background. Yeah. So when I'm trying to give people examples or just give them things that to me are, are real world, Sometimes to them, it's like, yeah, we don't get it. So I, I do understand it from that perspective. Keep, keep, yeah, keep working with them. I think also one of the reasons I reached out to you was because I could tell via podcast, audio and video, you were interested in education. Educating, it sounded like the public, potential clients, a very similar uh, pattern to what I'm doing. And I think what you and I are doing is really the future, where it's massage therapists actually coming out and explaining to the public what we do, why we do it that way. I don't feel like the public has enough education, and it still feels to me as a, as a broad level. Massage envy is still dominating the discussion about massage, which is to say it's relaxation, maybe a little bit of pain relief. But there's not much beyond that. Our, our industry seems to be boxed in. And I see people escaping like you and I, like coming out of the edges, you know, saying that there's more, but I don't feel like the general public has any awareness of that at all. No, they, they don't, they don't. Um, 
the word massage just invokes a certain feeling in people and there's no way around it. So you yeah. say massage, you say massage and um, people, their mind just instantly goes to it being a one dimensional thing. Yeah. Um, so it's almost, it, it's interesting when you talk about massage envy, because we talk about things from a business perspective and branding and what a lot of folks, they'll say, oh, it's because they have such uh, strong marketing and their commercials are everywhere. It's like, no, it's kind of like the Q-tip thing. A cotton swab is not necessarily a Q-tip. Yeah. Uh, but when you take the name of a practice and make your business synonymous with that name, you're gonna, you are going to be the authority almost. And you know, on a, on a whole nother branch subject-wise, that's scary when you have a place like Massage Envy become, to the general public, the authority on massage. And then you start hearing all of this stuff going on in the news and these issues yeah. um, that have such a strong ability to tarnish what we do. Well, when I look at the, um, the news, so <clears throat> if an earthquake happens they'll contact an earthquake expert, usually some intellectual at a university. He comes on the news. When there's a massage issue, who does the news contact? Right. Right. Yeah. Because and I don't feel like there are a lot of, there's a lot of publicity. There aren't, um, there aren't celebrities in our industry. Maybe within massage therapists, no. But on the outside, there's not like a crossover like Dr. Phil. There's not like, you know, a crossover massage therapist who's known as like an industry leader that the well, public. <clears throat> well, well, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And, and um, I've, I've been in several different industries. I'm still in the fitness industry. Um, I started cutting hair when I was a kid. So I'm in the barber industry. And you're right. There are a <laughs> lot of um, celebrities, so to say. Um, within our industries, but very few on the crossover. And I think yeah. one of the biggest reasons for that is um, when you look at massage as a whole, especially just looking at things we were just talking about, for instance, the pain in the, uh, the pain community. We haven't come to, we haven't come to this meshing of everything yet because it's so easy um, it's almost it's it's almost a religious type of situation where it's like, no, my religion is right. Yours is wrong. Yeah. And until we can bring it all together and find that common root where everyone can hear what each person is saying, um, that's the first thing. The next thing is there's going to have to be someone who wants to actually um, hold on to all of the the important parts of what we do. And not just preach in one direction, so to say. And when when that happens, when we create a community where there are people who are rising because they are using everything that's available versus saying it has to be one thing or the other, it's yeah. going to be easier to get more people to listen. And it's going to be able to have the people who are the forefront to go out into the uh, the world of people outside of massage and say, hey, look. You guys need to look closer at what it is we're doing and the benefit of it. Yeah. There's so much that I could say. I 
am very supportive um, of therapists like you who are stepping into education, who know more about mobility, personal training, bodybuilding, um, diversifying the industry of massage, and then working towards the education of the public. We need more therapists who are stepping into 2019 with their smartphone, doing Facebook Lives, dealing with education, just wherever you are, by the way. I don't, I don't have to have your knowledge base. I can develop it over time, working with colleagues to try to understand what's going on. I just think that massage therapists themselves, and I'm biased because of massage entrepreneurs, we have almost 14,000 members. That was where I first think I saw one of your videos. Um, the therapists aren't educating enough. I think they're allowing, you know, well, I do massage. Well, I do massage. Well, I do massage. But they're, they're failing on a brand level to make themselves stand out. Just from the conversation we're having, if we lived in the same city, you know, people who do yoga would be more likely to kind of maybe resonate with my message, but people who do weights and bodybuilding would be, resonate with your message. You're building sort of personal brand just based on experience, based on a trust factor. Like I try to explain to therapists, that one of the reasons I'm very, uh, very much promote video is people do business with people that know, like, and trust. They have to know you, they have to like you, and they have to trust you. Video, I think, helps that tremendously. Um, one, for men, men who complain that it's harder in our industry, and it's okay, sure, in some ways it is, but at the same time, there are less and less barriers of entry. Anybody can pick up their phone and do a Facebook Live. Right. Yeah. Right. It it is a very uh it's a very big deal for massage therapists to educate and, and like you were saying, based on where they are. And I think what a lot of people forget is the reason the reason each person gets to the level of knowledge that they're at is because at some point they realized that they weren't at that level and it keeps going and keeps going. So if you look at that going back down the scale, there's always someone who needs to know that little bit that you know. And just because Johnny Appleseed already planted a tree over in the East Orchard doesn't mean that person's going to get over to the East Orchard. They might only make it to right where you are. So every little thing that you can give is going to help because with social media, with uh, the YouTube, the Google, there is so much information out there that people can so easily skip over things that they need. So every little seed that you get a chance to drop just makes such a big difference. But I also believe the more we take the time to try and educate people, the better we become. I, I will say in the last year, and I've been practicing since 2011, um, like full time. There was never a moment where my foot was just dipping in the water. Uh, I came straight out of school just going because I already had a, a client base from being in the personal training world. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, just from teaching, I can say, and my clients who've been with me for four or five years will tell me flat out, they're like, yeah, your, your practice has changed and it's for the better. And it's just based on me rebooting with the knowledge. So Getting therapists to understand that the little bit of teaching or the little video that they do, it actually helps them retain and it helps them get more comfortable with talking to their clients because we educate our clients when we can, 
but we also help educate other massage therapists. Yeah. So it's it's important. It is very important. I think when I say branding too, especially for independent therapists, it's very much the personal brand. Right. It's right. personalized. There's just something about Dijon that they just connect with. They just like, man, I really like him. He, he made me feel good. Like I'm, I'm starting to lift weights and I need more mobility. I'm going to follow him on YouTube or I'm going to follow him on Instagram. The therapists really underestimate over the long haul of time what that does if done consistently. And yes, and speaking to that, I, I always ask my, my students, my, I have a um, pretty much a trick question. I always say, who is the best massage therapist? And I've had students say, who, you? I say, no. The best massage therapist is the one that the client likes the most and gets what they feel like they need to get from that therapist. And you do have an obligation to give some of yourself to your client. They need to know who you are. This is a very personal and intimate style of work that we do. Yep. So uh, when you talk about the branding aspect, yes, people need to know who you are because when people hear the word massage, their mind instantly goes towards the, the uh, aspect of how intimate of a work it is that we're doing. Let people know who you are so that they can say, oh, okay, I don't mind going there. Quick commercial break. If you're enjoying this episode and you would like to support Robert Gardner Wellness, head on over to rgwellness.store to see all of the products that we currently have in our marketplace. Uh, as well as earlier mentioned, there was the free, first month free, uh, the ins Insiders Club, Reboot Insiders Club. There's also workbooks, uh, DVDs digital copies, digital downloads. There's a bunch of different things um, inside of the RG Wellness store. I highly recommend you go on over there and check it out. See if there's something that will help you improve your practice and incre increase your clients or, your, or knowledge with your students. And uh, once again, that's rgwellness.store. Thank you for listening to this episode. Okay, Dijon, <clears throat> we'll go right back to that conversation, but I'd like you to introduce yourself again and also give people an idea of where they can find you. Okay, once again, my name is Dijon Culpepper. I am also known as the Balanced Hand uh, Massage and Body Works on IG. I am the Balanced Hand Official, or I Ain't Hard to Find. You can type that in. I'm located here in the state of Washington in the most southern part, which is Vancouver. And uh, I have a private practice here. You can find me online, social media, or my website, www.thebalancedhand.com. Nice. So as we were talking about <clears throat> that topic just prior to our commercial break, um, what do you see that massage therapists are struggling with that you can give them what you think is like a quick, simple solution? Because I deal a lot with education of massage therapists specifically. With massage entrepreneurs, it's more business. And then in my teaching practice, it's some business, but it's also like technique. 
Um, therapists are usually, you know, coming to me asking questions, trying to get help to be able to build their practice, to be successful in the industry, to be able to make money, to, you know, pay their mortgage and live their lives. Do you have any specific advice for therapists? Uh, are we are we talking on the business side, <laughs> or are we talking e- on the either one? Market? Either one. It's well, almost like the things, the, the low hanging fruit, the stuff that you think well, therapists need to understand to build. Well, this, this is the the biggest thing that I tell. Um, I will tell therapists: if you plan to be an independent therapist, you can't turn the word sales into a dirty word. And when I say sales, I don't mean discounting yourself. I mean it from the perspective of talking to people, marketing yourself, telling people who you are, and getting them to commit to you as a client. Because you're committing to them as a therapist every time they show up. Um, So when a person's sitting in front of you and you have assessed what's going on and done the work, and you know that that work is going to make them feel great for a week, you can't be scared to tell them they need to see you on a consistent basis or have packages to offer them um, just different things in the process of, of client retention. Because I feel one of the biggest things that a lot of therapists miss is your people will do what you tell them to do. And as long as you are doing it from a um, sincere place and you're doing it because it is good for them, then there's no reason for you to ever turn it into this dirty thing. Um, my sales background is what has probably kept me with a very, actually, I, can, I won't even say probably, my sales background has kept me with a very strong level of retention client-wise. And um, it's also made me uh, have no fear of telling people that I've had a price increase or that it is going to be a large number for them to get services for a certain amount of time. But I'm also helping them understand what it is that we're doing um, process wise. So that's a big factor for anyone who is planning on being independent. You, you just can't be scared of that side of things. And a lot of people yeah. are like, it's, it's there. If you say, yeah, if you say sales, a lot of people are going to shut down. Um, marketing, networking. Um, there are certain keywords I've noticed recently. I'm, I'm completely serious about this. We're running Facebook ads for our subscription service mm-hmm. and I'm having a hard time using the word test. Because I'm, I'm thinking of school when it was like, oh, you had all this anxiety. I'm going to pass. I'm going to fail. I'm going to have a test. And I'm like, no, 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 no. At the ad budget, you're playing. Mm-hmm. Just play. Just make some different stuff and play. Like what right. You can change the language. Because if networking, marketing, sales, if those words themselves hold too much power over you, what I tell people is the business part of what you mentioned is you're just offering your service. Right. It's, it's not a hard, you're not a used car salesman. You know, you're just offering. You're saying, listen, we've done this session. This is what we're finding. You have some improvement today, but if we work with you once a week over the, a month, you're likely going to get over this hump. Your performance is going to be better and your weightlifting is going to be superior with just ongoing maintenance. Just giving them that idea that it's not just, I'm a service provider, you get the service, now we're done. Educating them about their options. A lot of people, and I I know this seems strange, 
but I think a lot of the public, we're the experts. The public does not know on the whole. And when I say public, I mean capital P public, the whole of you know humanity in the U.S. They've never had a massage regularly. Right. They don't know what their quality of life would be like if they were getting a massage frequently. Well, people, people are so used to living in pain and discomfort that they almost feel as if they should only get small doses of the opposite versus it being living pain-free, living comfortably, and recognizing when pain and discomfort come into your life so that you can fix it. And, mm. and that's, that, it, it's so crazy. Um, and I tell people, it's the same thing that I, I say to clients when they're walking out the door, especially on a first visit. It's like, it, it's so applicable everywhere. Like we used to, in the barber community, we say, if a haircut doesn't last 10 days, it wasn't really a great haircut, right? It should, it, it should be 10 days when you start needing another haircut. With massage, and, and I actually found this just from working on auto accident patients, a person will feel good. They're either going to feel great for the first couple of days or they'll have a little more pain after an injury and then it starts subsiding after the massage. But once we get to about day six or seven, they're going to start going back to where they were before. And I tell people, I say, look, if you've got these four rolling, rolling shoulders and we just did some things that let you move your posture, move into a better postural position, that's great, but your body's used to being there and your body is so used to being there that it's going to try to take you back to where it was. Yeah. And people are so used to these uh, postural deviances and issues within their body that, like I said, they think that relief is the small dose they should get versus having relief or actually not even needing relief, just being in the, what we call home, that state of homeostasis. People don't feel like that should be the norm. They feel yeah. like, they, you know, I'm always going to get pain. Oh, it's because I'm getting older. Oh, it's because of this. And we, we got to change that. We got to change that around. I mean, age, you know, does change things. I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 42. Mm -hmm. But right. at the same time, most of the stuff we see, and you can tell me, you're the bodybuilder. You know more about this than I do. What I see is not nature. It's nurture. It's what they're doing on a daily basis to work yeah. on their body, to work on their posture, to work on the range of motion. When I talk to people who are stuck, I know that they don't have to live that way, but it's very difficult when there's a lack of that message in the mass market. Like people could say, oh, we'll do yoga. The general public doesn't know why. Why would I do yoga? Well, it increases mobility. It tends to increase longevity. It tends to reduce anxiety. You know, all the things that you can say maybe as a yoga teacher or a massage therapist, but I still feel like there's a huge gap with the general public about maintenance. And it's one thing to be pain-free, but what about working towards being optimal? Right. And that's a conversation that I have with clients. I also have it with students. Um, in general, so when you talk about general, the public, not only are people so used to living in those degrees of discomfort, they're so used to being in a car, being in a cubicle, being uh, in bad positions at work. And the conversation for me always starts there. What are your sleeping habits? 
How do you move around day to day? Where are you working? What type of work do you do? Okay, cool. So we know that you sleep on your side for six to eight hours a day in, our, in an ideal situation. We know that you're in a car for an hour and a half a day going to work. We know you sit at a desk. We know that you um, are lifting heavy load. Now, what are you doing to counteract that? Because we're talking about 16 to 20 hours of your day beating yourself up. And that's five days a week. Are you doing anything just once a week? Are you doing anything outside of the once a week that you come to see me to counter all of these things? Because my 90 minutes does not counter the other 160 hours of the week. And <coughs> I, I, try, I try to get that across. And it's so, it's so relevant, even when we're talking to students, like, hey, great, you spent four hours with me this week, or you spent two hours with me this week. What are you doing to reinforce this? Because it's not going to stick the way you think it will just off of this. And that yeah. that is the biggest thing with the society we live in is we, especially here in the, the, the uh, United States, we are a heavily work-based society. And that is the norm. People say, oh, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. That's no big deal. I can do it. I can handle it. It's like, yeah, but what are you doing? to tell your body, like you're abusing your machine. What are you doing to refuel, to reboot, to get that machine to say, hey, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. I know I do all of this other stuff, but I'm supposed to be over here. Because those little, those little drips, like if you take that empty cup and just set it under a dripping faucet, it'll build up. But we got to get people to start setting the empty cup under that dripping faucet. Yeah. The other portion, um, I spent a, a lot of time talking about entrepreneurship, and it's not just entrepreneurship within the massage industry. Increasingly, it's in other industries. And when I see entrepreneurs talking about their lifestyle habits, trying to make their lives better, uh, often so they have better relationships, better businesses, better business ideas, I'm really interested in yoga, meditation, massage, and body work, not just for pain relief, which is really my bread and butter. I think entrepreneurs don't understand the level of mental clarity that comes out of being pain-free. Right. Yeah. The, right. They're just like you just – it's very difficult to explain if somebody doesn't have like – I don't know. Bodybuilding and weightlifting might be similar. I don't have as much of a background with it. But there's a sort of mental clarity that comes from me having a real basic yoga practice. Not even complex. Nothing physically strenuous even. There's something about releasing tissue, releasing some degree of physical discomfort, uh, feeling good. My mental clarity and my capacity to focus is much more sharp. And then I can turn that focus onto whatever I choose, which in my case is often business. It's like, how do I get this done? And I can come up with, I think, more innovative ideas and then behave in a way that I think is more advantageous. I don't feel like I'm fighting bad posture. I don't feel like I'm fighting pain. People, if they're in this all the time, I don't think they realize how clouded their consciousness is with it. Oh, oh, definitely. Um, we, we don't put enough, <laughs> funny, we don't put enough thought into the power of the subconscious. And it's, um, it's like with anything, it can be there. It's like the nose. 
the nose, you, you're seeing your nose every time you look out in front of you, but you, your brain has learned to ignore it. And it's the same thing with pain, because when a person is in pain, you've learned to acknowledge that it's there, but still ignore it. And even for massage therapists, you know, that's when, when you talk about having your personal yoga practice and I talk about my strength training um, or, you know, some of the balance training I do with my coach. These things give me a mind muscle connection. They give me a connection to this body that I'm living in. And I don't think enough massage therapists have taken the time to invest into themselves the same way that they would like to see clients invest in themselves. That's another factor that I believe helps entrepreneurs. Like, what is your investment? What is your investment in you that you can speak to other people so that they see you are a person they can trust. Like, I want to know that you take care of yourself. I don't want to just know what you know. I don't want to just know what you can do. I want to know what you do for you that works for you, that makes your life one that I should look to move into. If I'm trying to get mobility and, and I'm coming to you for that, but you're telling me how you can't move or how nothing has changed for you. Um, why am I coming to you? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you're interested in practicing or learning from Robert Gardner in person, head on over to rgwellness.store. There are a variety of classes listed for the Q4 of 2019. Let's take a look at what we've got. We've got Chicago, Illinois on October 6th. Houston, Texas on October 18th, Christiansburg, Virginia, October 12th, Round Rock, Texas, November 3rd, Yelm, Washington, October 26th, Round Rock, Texas, October 21st, Dallas, Texas, March 29th, and Virginia Beach, Virginia, September 22nd. Check that out. If any of those dates work for you, those are the intro tie classes, as well as the Body Workers Conference uh, available to you all through the rgwellness.store. Head on over there and check it out. Thank you. So that's that's such a large factor for us as entrepreneurs is having things in place that also speak to the client. Our life has to speak. And that go, it comes full circle with what you were saying so far as the personal branding. Um, yeah. That is your branding, your life speaking to the public and saying, hey, this is who I am. Let me give you a small piece of this so that you can build your own also. And that, that's, the, that's another thing, because when you give to your clients, you give to your people, that's your strongest workforce. That is your strongest workforce. If you've got, if you've got 15 clients and each client simply refers three people to you a year, you're at 45 people, well, actually 60 people that easily. And if you're going through the same processes of getting people to understand and that continues to grow, even if everybody's not seeing you once a week, you're still continuously building your business because you are your business. 
But on top of that, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't service anyone. So here's something I think uh, beginning therapists are a little confused about. I think they feel like they have to know everything. And one of the things I realized was clients connected with me more deeply when I had like a basic set of skills and knowledge. They'd ask me a question and I'd go, I don't know. Let me, let me do some research and get back to you next session. What happened when I did that was I think you interacted with the client authentically. They know you don't know everything. We fully know that doctors go to Google, you know, go to WebMD, you know, do some research on specific things because it's not possible for them to contain all of that information. That's why right. we have access. The other thing that happened when I admit I don't know everything is I think it creates a sort of authenticity. Um, It also means that I'm willing to update my information, do some research. When that client would come back the next week, they don't act like, man, this guy didn't know what he's talking about. No, I would come in with a little bit more of an answer than I had the week before. And that willingness to grow and develop, it's almost like becoming the client that you want to work with. Right. Right. Um, with what you're talking about, it always surprises me because I, I will do the same thing. But it surprises me how often and how eager clients are to go find information also when they leave and then share it with you. Yes. And and that is that's a beautiful thing, because then, you know, you have people who are invested in yeah. getting better and learning and understanding and and that's another thing that helps spread a very clear and whole message about what we do as massage therapists. Uh, when you have those people that become invested in the knowledge side of what it is we're doing. Yeah. They, they make better uh, referrals. They're able to explain our process. Yes. Very much so. They're able to, um, you know, know, like, and trust us and then bring people in who are more like our ideal clients, um, building on those connections. So one of the things I noticed over time was we know that we provide a service. We know that we're providing information. But I think the, the hardest uh, component in some ways to teach is connection. And when you connect with that client, <clears throat> and I say, let's say they have carpal tunnel problems, What I tend to do is like, I know so much intellectually about carpal tunnel, but I would have a fairly thorough intake and that intake involved eye contact. And I'd say, Janice, listen, tell me what's going on with your carpal tunnel because I've had hand and wrist pain before, but I've never really had a full blown case of carpal tunnel syndrome. I need you to teach me about it. Right. Right. And you know, when we talk about having that connection, one thing that a lot of people need to, to consider at all times is social media has blown up so much over the last, uh, I'll say, eight years. It, it's just, it's gone berserk. And the true human connection has started getting lost. And mm-hmm. we used to be, we used to be able to live in a massage world where we said, I'm keeping my clients right there, like keeping them right there. People are coming to us now and they want that connection. Now, you still have to be uh, you have to be ethical and smart about the connection that you create with people. But you can't keep people so far away from you because there's somebody out there now that is 
talking to them through Instagram and hitting those buttons that make them say, oh, that's my person. So we we have to learn to reconnect with people. I say the biggest trick social media ever played on people was making them think they were actually being social. So so we have to get back to that understanding. What you just talked about is like, look, people are coming to you for a connection and they're not coming just because they want that fix right then and there. They do want that fix right then and there, but they want something ongoing. And you give that to them by giving them knowledge, by saying, hey, OK, check this out. I'm going to give you this info and I'm going to give you these things. And from a from a business standpoint, planting the seed, which what I do, I say, OK, I'm going to give you this info. I'm going to give you these things. And on our next visit. I want to see how you've progressed. Um, so you you speak speak to people. You let them know, hey, I'm looking to have you. I'm looking to be in your life. I'm looking to be a regular. Uh, this is going to be regular. This is this is going to be part of your life. I'm going to bring you some value right here, but I'm going to bring you some value further down the line and I'm going to continue to. And uh, if, if massage therapists, especially newer ones or younger massage therapists, so to say, hold on to that I think that that will take them so far when it comes to their building their business and their branding and who they are putting in planting that into their clients. Yeah. There's <clears throat> so much more that we could talk about, but I've really enjoyed the uh, conversation with you. Um, if you have any questions for Dijon or I, please just comment down below. If you're watching the video feed, if you need to reach out to either of us, please feel free. And Dijon, where they can, can they find you again? I would say one of the best places to find me would be through, <laughs> without a doubt, social media. Uh, Instagram, you can find me at the Balanced Hand Official. That is my page name. Also, I ain't hard to find. Um, that's, I'd say, the quickest way to get to me. If you go to my website, you can contact me and schedule through there. But Instagram, also Facebook, my business page is great to follow. And that is the Balanced Hand Massage and Body Works in Vancouver where I also do a live feed every Sunday and try to talk about subjects for clients and therapists and just people who want to know what it is that we do as therapists. Nice. So um, I love uh, talking with you. I'm hopefully going to have you on again. Maybe people Thank give you. us some feedback about subjects that they'd like to discuss with us. If you have any questions at all, please just write down below or contact us. We'll be happy to do a series of these and rehash some of these um, ideas and go into more detail. Dijon, thank you so much for coming live with me. I really appreciate it. And I love everything that you're doing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you also. Hope to talk to you soon. Soon. Thank you.